This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Have you ever come across something while traveling that sparked a fire within you and pushed you to make a difference? Well, for the past six months, Robbie, Ivo, Jasper, and Josh have created adventure videos in Kenya for their YouTube channel. And it quickly became apparent that the loss of tourism due to COVID-19 is hurting parks and conservancies throughout Africa. After interviewing rangers and uncovering the truth about reduced salaries and increased workload, the group of creators knew that they had to take action. If you want to know exactly how four young YouTubers decided to journey all the way from Kenya to Cape Town, it's over 6,000 kilometers, in nothing but two tuk-tuks, all in the name of conservation, then you've come to the right place. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Look forward to it. All right. Well, first off, so you don't sound like you're from South Africa or Kenya. So I need to ask, how did you guys land up in Kenya? So my brother, so this is Jasper, my brother Ivo, we were both born here. Our parents were born here, but we went to boarding school and for secondary school in England and also went to university in England in Manchester where I met Josh. And since then, we spent a lot of time together. <laughs> All right. So we're in Kenya we're caring about the conservation. COVID-19 hits. You guys are creating YouTube videos and you notice suddenly that obviously because of, of lockdowns, um, tourism is taking a huge knock. Yeah. So I wish we were creating YouTube videos, to be honest. It's much cooler than what we were actually doing. We were actually making TikToks. So uh, we're just four 20-year-olds making TikToks, unfortunately. Um, but we were basically using the time where these parks were deserted by tourists. And we were like, right, well, we've, we all have lost our jobs. Great. We've got a bit of money saved up. So we were heading off to these places where there were no longer any of these international tourists and just having a good time, just going fishing, exploring, just trying to trek down waterfalls and stuff. And then it sort of dawned on us that maybe there were ramifications of the fact that these parks had no people in them. And that's when we decided to dig a bit further. And was it quite harrowing to find out the impact that had been left onto all these parks and obviously the rangers that had to take pay cuts and all these changes and drastic measures that were happening because of COVID. Yeah, 100%. In terms of like what we were doing before, it's very happy-go-lucky. Like TikTok doesn't like, you know, down stuff about COVID essentially. So we weren't really focusing on it. But in terms of the stuff that we've seen since then, it has been harrowing. Like you, the images that you've seen uh, or that we've been shown it did sort of snap you out of your happy-go-lucky state when you're looking at like 32 dick dicks that have been caught by snares. So mm. yeah, there was definitely a mindset change in all of us. And um, we decided to try and do something about it with something a bit more fun, AKA a tuk-tuk. A tuk-tuk. So it was quite funny when, uh, when I discussed with my producer that I'd be interviewing you guys, we were talking over WhatsApp and I was like, yeah, they, they're coming on TikToks to South Africa. And she replied and she was like, no, they're <laughs> coming on tuk-tuks. And I was like, no man, it's a TikTok. And it was very confusing. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad we've cleared this up that you're both on TikTok and tuk-tuk. We are. Yeah. It's a permanent minefield for the brain. Yeah. The amount of times and it's the tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tick. I mean, yeah. you can go for hours. <laughs> All right. So how, how did we come into existence of Tuk South? How did this idea come about to travel all these kilometers uh, to Cape Town? Well, we decided to pick the most uh, sort of absurd vehicle for the journey Sorry. because 
I mean, typically the sort of Cape to Cairo, you do it in sort of overlanding, like your big four drives or in nice motorbikes. So we thought, take the urban vehicle that really doesn't stray very far from city centers and try put enough work into it to convert it into a safari capable machine. And just sort of, it adds a bit of, yeah, as I said, absurdity and humor to it. So there's the like the slightly hard hitting message that we feel is is diffused somewhat by doing this in such a comedic vehicle or series of comedic vehicles. <laughs> is it possible to do such a long trip in a tuk-tuk? Because like, I would think that they are built for we'll you know. short distances. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not ideal machines. Um, and there's only one way to find out, I guess. I don't think, I don't think anyone's really done what we're going to try and do in them. And I mean, there are dreams that we get to Cape Town and then we ship these things over to South America and head to Alaska. In them. So we've got our money on them being able to do it. But mm. I mean, to be honest, we have no idea. We haven't had a logbook for ages. So the furthest we've driven is about 100 kilometers in these things. Mm. So we don't know. And was there some sort of modification that had to happen to these vehicles to make them a little bit more prepared? Mm. Lots. Yeah, so many modifications. They are actually terribly built vehicles. Um, No disrespect to them. But yeah, we've had to replace like every bolt and washer on them. Their roll cage you could bend with your hands. So we've replaced that. Uh, They've had to have skid plates put into them because the skid plate was made of plastic. We've also had to put tow hitches into them. And then so we've got a passenger vehicle and then we've got a van. And the vision for the van is that it's going to turn into one of those very swish, fold out sort of camper van things. And so it's got, uh, we've had a whole frame built into the back of it. It's got like a big lifting up gulling door, a table that pulls out with cookers inbuilt. It's got gas, it's got piped water in there. It's, but I mean, we're in and the a process. Sink. And a sink, hopefully. <laughs> so we're in the process of converting this thing. It should have two... 100 watt solar panels on the roof, full inverter system, power, all in a vehicle that has eight horsepower. So we hope there are no hills. Yeah, we're not going up hills. <laughs> it's a tiny home. These tiny homes, this, this van, was some of the inspiration that you got to interior design this thing. Did that come from TikTok? Because I know there's a, whole, there's a whole interior design minivan TikTok bar, isn't there? I said that we had our savings from our, our previous jobs. Well, we've put all of those into tuk-tuks. So we've literally had to try and come up with ways that we can actually turn them into ter- from terrible investments into ways that we can actually you know, try and sustain ourselves in life. So one of the ideas that Ivo had was the tuk-tuk kitchen. So we've got great ideas. Obviously, cooking is huge on social media. Like you see people cooking in their kitchens, making these delicious meals. And they're getting, you know, like hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers, millions of views, and they are able to like generate a bit of an income from it. So our idea is to do something similar. Like, have you ever seen Men With Pot? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, we're, going, we're going straight for Men With Pot, but in a tuk-tuk. Yeah. And with African backdrops. Yeah, because yeah. Men With Savannah, and then uh, elephants cruising by, and then sort of just close, close sort of cut shots on this nice aluminium fold-up table from our tuk-tuk. Yeah, it's, it's the dream because, yeah, they're, they're limited, I think, to Ireland. If I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, whereas we've got, I mean, the whole of sub-Saharan Africa to play with. And, so, and- I mean, yeah, Namib Desert, fold out the table, cook up some fish that you've caught, 
It should be fun. Well, let's let's be honest. The backdrop of Africa would be breathtaking on any social media platform and something that not many would have been able to have seen in their lives. I mean, a lot of people never get the opportunity to come and visit Africa. And you guys will not only be cooking, which which we all love to see on social media, but also taking people on a journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of our plans is we want to we've just ordered a, a projector and we've got these little mounts on the side of the tuk-tuk to put a screen on. And then we're going to try and, um, well, for instance, our, the li- this little documentary trailer that we made on COVID and conservation, mainly shot in northern Kenya. But obviously we want to make a larger documentary on the impacts of COVID throughout all of the conservancies and little reserves that we go along the way down. But with the tuk-tuk cinema, we're hoping that we can sort of all these little communities that we meet along the way, not only can we show them sort of like some of our, our story and our message and what we're trying to do, but we can also just have little movie nights with them. And then we can have another little, I mean, it's not going to be an independent social media channel, but it will be just took uh, cinema, a, took cinema <laughs> a way of um, like diversifying the pies that we have fingers in. That hopefully one of them yeah, and all, all these buys and all there. of them will trickle down into sort of exposure for rangers. So you're, you're dealing with so many different sort of internet facets, and then the, as much focus that we can have on rangers and conservation in, in Africa, the better. And it's like with the Turk cinema as well. Like it's the ability to we'll be going to different conservation initiatives on our way down. Like we we planned our route very loosely. But say like we'll go into northern Tanzania where they'll have a really good system of sort of like they've got these living walls, Burmans, where they build cattle shelters using trees and chain link fences and things. We'll be able to we'll be filming those and we'll be making small videos on them. And it will be great to as we're going down to sort of like spread all of these grassroots initiatives and the knowledge base using like our platform of our little tuk tuk. Because it's all very well and good to go up to someone and say, oh, yeah, these guys over here do this. But to be able to actually have our videos that we've made on these, like really some groundbreaking, like grassroots conservation issues and just show them, show them like mm. this is these guys are doing this just what a thousand kilometers north of you. And you so, can follow suit. Yeah. And like this is how you do it. Here's a video on exactly what they've done. So hopefully it's we're not just spreading the message to our social media followers through having the ability. We'll also be spreading it to the people that we see on the way down if we can. Explain to me just what is one of the biggest points that I should care about when it comes to rangers and conservation right now during COVID. Just off the top of your head, because obviously I, I believe that the listeners, I want them to get on board. I want them to follow you. I want them to care. But tell me, what is it that we need to care about? One of the biggest points. A lot of our filming has been done in the more sort of remote conservancies of northern Kenya, like the likes of Amboseli, Masai Mara, Serengeti here in East Africa. They're obviously tourists are returning, but they have dropped because of the impact of COVID. They've dropped their rates so much so that it is just too much of an alluring prospect for a tourist that would be going to one of the more fringe conservancies to turn down this sort of unbelievable deal in the Mara or Amboseli. So most of the places we've been filming, even though tourism is returning, they're still sort of stuck in the desert with regards to sort of funding. And because they are not sort of propped up by all of these swanky resorts and donor funding, a lot of it is basically community conservation that draws all of its money from the occasional tourists that come through. And that is the money that funds the rangers. So without any tourism going in, they don't have the sort of fallback of having sort of a donor system to keep their rangers paid and afloat. And that's why if we're looking at the incidents in rise of bushmeat, charcoaling, illegal logging, it's all happening in the areas where it was in a process of 
they really started to appreciate tourism because it, it, it's kind of a new initiative in these more remote areas of northern Kenya. But then to have all of the benefits of it suddenly disappear and be hungry and on the edge, of course, you're going to look at some antelopes or something and like, look, I need to feed my family. So if we would keep rangers employed in these areas, obviously the money that they make goes back into the communities and it keeps the concept of conservation sort of present in those communities rather than seeing like what is it what is conservation doing for us right now when we've got no tourists no income coming from it so we just really want to try and highlight that it's the more remote conservancies not not the like kruger national park in south africa that are in trouble and still in trouble now despite the return of tourism as a caveat like um i would say after having spoken to them and interviewed a lot of them like over a thousand rangers i think have died since 2003 in the field like trying to do the job they're doing so it's it's a job which requires like great risk great determination great skill and they're just putting it all on the line for something that most humans like love like whenever a documentary comes on the tv you're not thinking about the fact that these things wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people out there actually doing the job of protecting them and now their their wages are cut massively uh, due to tourism money sort of drying up a little bit in these, like Jesper said, lesser known conservancies. So after hearing enough of the stories, there wasn't really an option about if we could help or whether we would help. It was just like, bloody hell, like, these boys are heroes and, um, and women, sorry. There's also a huge contingent of women rangers that we plan on visiting on the way. But uh, we, we really do want to raise some money for them because we think they deserve it. And yeah, sorry to just add on to the little rant, but um, I find that a lot of the sort of large charitable foundations so you've got sort of all of the elephant charities the rhino charities the lion charities they receive like huge funding because everyone loves an elephant and everyone loves a lion or a rhino we chose for rangers because when you pay the salary of a ranger you don't just protect that elephant you don't just protect that rhino you protect the whole ecosystem and that's right from the bottom to the top you're protecting i mean cedar logging for instance you wouldn't even think of putting in for a charity to keep cedar forests alive but through funding those ranges that that continues you're protecting all of the raptors you're protecting every small cat yeah it's it's ecosystem protection as opposed to keystone species protection it's much better i actually got goosebumps when you were speaking and i think it's because i'm south african and i'm so tethered to the environment and and to animals when you speak about the fact that everybody loves the elephants everybody loves a lion we all do and we all would love to to be part of keeping the conservatories alive and kicking and helping ultimately the rangers because without the rangers in a nutshell if we're not looking after them our animals won't be looked after so i applaud you guys for what you're doing i'm looking forward to following the journey i must ask will there be some dangerous things along the way this is africa there has to be right <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be littered with them. It's going to be covered in them. What makes me know, so I'm English, Brent. I'm not known uh, in these lands. I, I'm scared often. And uh, <laughs> what, what, what I'm worried about is the fact that we encounter like old male buffaloes on our travels and everyone gets really scared while sitting in a land cruiser. Which where, where we can actually run away. These things, it's very hard to put a tuk-tuk in reverse. There's a lot of levers <laughs> you're pulling. You'll probably all stall it. Like if we encounter an angry old male buffalo and it's within 30 meters of us, then we're in the hands of the gods. Like we really, we, our fate is not on our own hands. So um, yeah, we're expecting some tumbles. <laughs> yeah, and also they're three wheels. Drive something with three wheels and you will realize that they're incredibly unstable. Mm. We put a roll cage in for a reason. 
I mean, on our first day, agreed we were meant to be running in our engine on the first day, but we were we were, we were having fun in it. And me and Josh put it on two wheels within about 10 minutes of owning it. Mm. So I predict we might we might fall over it. They quite just a lot. want to topple. They, they, it's, it's, it's sort of built into their DNA. <laughs> Any bump is like, no, no, I want to go over. Yeah, we've got the wildlife. We've got the vehicle themselves and then yeah just africa yeah, Ar- expected african unexpected roads. the road the roads are scary lorries lorries the wind could blow us over what you are telling me and every single listener is that your tiktok account is about to blow up because there's going to be the most ridiculous <laughs> stuff happening on your social media which i'm quite excited for when does the journey take off when, when are we doing this Oh, um, we were meant to be there now. We were meant, not in South Africa, but we were definitely <laughs> meant to be on our way now. Unfortunately, the bureaucracy of getting, so you, didn't, you know logbooks, basically the passport for your vehicle. Our tuk-tuks don't have one. So um, we're currently like, the people who've sold it to us um, are making up excuses. We're, we're basically just trying to get hold of our tuk-tuks passport so we can get on our And license plate. plate. Yeah, And it's been two months of trying to do this. It's, it's been, yeah, it's been a hassle. It's taking a lot of willpower not to slander them on your podcast, but we will, <laughs> we will refrain. Well, I want to invite you for when, uh, for when you do pass through Johannesburg, is where I'm based. I would love to have you guys in studio uh, so we can chat a little bit about your journey. And then obviously all the listeners can catch up with your ongoings of what's been happening. But if people want to follow the journey and see these crazy TikToks that are about to come and YouTube videos and, and the rest of the social media, where do they go? Okay, so we have our YouTube channel is just Tuck South, and that's where you'll see our documentary, and we're going to start posting a lot more on there. We want to be YouTubers eventually. We can't be TikTokers forever. Um, <laughs> our TikTok channels are at Josh Porters, so that's my name, and also we have at Tuck South, which is a new channel that we're starting, and eventually we're having at Tuck Kitchen, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, and we... then Instagram Tuck South as well. Yeah, Tuck South on Instagram. Yeah, but we we can't start the Tuck Kitchen quite yet until we actually leave. And Tuck is spelled obviously T U K, as you would expect. And then it's just our direction, which is south. Yeah, <laughs> we're very inventive. Everything's going south. I can see it going south. Yeah. lots of thought went into this. I can see it's all go- going to go south. Exactly, you said. I'm really. <laughs> I'm really excited to to follow the journey, and I think um, all of our listeners will be too. It's a good thing that you're doing, ultimately. And as fun as it's going to be, as scary as it might be at times with Buffalo and Africa and everything else, I think the heart of this project is that you really care for and love the Rangers, and that you're really, really, really passionate about saving our environment, and not only helping our environment survive, but thrive. And that's something that we can all get behind. In times like these in this tragic time that we've been through as a globe as the world to hear a bit of fun with a bit of good put behind it it makes my heart happy and there's hope for tomorrow so i want to thank you all for joining me today on the show and thank you all for what you're doing you're thank a you champion so much yeah. we we appreciate you giving us a, a, yeah. a, a spotlight and a voice so much so and we'll see you in johannesburg uh, we for love a bit. stuff we love yeah, the, the good vibe the good vibes gear it's I, amazing I'm going to see you in Johannesburg for a beer. We're not sure when, when you get that license sorted, when you actually get on the road. And if you manage to keep it on all three wheels, we will see you in Johannesburg in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Cheers. Cheers, Have a great one. Bye. 
I'm Brendan Dickey, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things. <laughs>